I know it might sound like a daft question, but this is to like everyone here, I suppose. Go on. Do we think that women find that easier? As far as like talking, like as in as in like kind of saying emotionally, like I'm I'm here. I'm. Do, we, do, we, do men struggle more? Hello and welcome to the Still Parents podcast. We are live from the Still Parents podcast. It is Sunday night. It's actually... Oh, happy Easter. Happy Easter, by the way, Ray. Happy Easter, Dan. Happy Easter, Matt Whitehouse. Happy Easter. Look at us in here on Easter Sunday. Uh-huh. Happy Easter to, to everyone, whether you are watching live or just listening back to this through your podcast provider, whenever that is. My name is Dan, and we are on episode... It's episode 49 of the Still Parents podcast, which isn't bad considering we're only going to do six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, actually, isn't it? Yeah. If you'd like to drop us a message at any point, you can do through the chat if you're watching on Facebook Live. If you are listening back to your, uh, the edited version of this three podcast providers, you can drop us a message through our, um, our Facebook, through our website, stillparentspodcast.co.uk, and on our Instagram, which is stillparentspodcast. Our guest this evening joining us from Wakefield is Gareth Haycock. Good evening, Gareth. Can you hear us loud and clear? Oh, there he is on our screen. I can, yeah. Good evening, boys. That's a strong beard you've got going on there. I've got to get that in straight away. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed to shave it off. <laughs> <laughs> you're, oh, you're not allowed, you're other half a fan? Yeah, yeah. Matt, who's next to me, we were just chatting before, actually. And he's, uh, he can only grow goatee, so he's a bit, little bit jealous. I'm very jealous. <laughs> it's it's very a str- jealous. strong one, though. Does he look like yeah. Fagin if he grows I can anymore. send you some trimmings <laughs> if you from want, Fagin. looks like Fagin from Oliver <laughs> Twist. <laughs> <laughs> So, Gareth, um, thank you very much for, for joining us. Happy Easter to you, by the way. Have you, had a, have you had a nice weekend? You been up too much? Been to the last today. Had a nice Sunday dinner with all the trimmings. So, yeah, it's been all right. With gravy? Because, obviously, from up north, you've got to have the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We don't really get classed, do we? We're not really northerners or southerners, obviously, in the Midlands. But if you're from the north, we're classed as southerners. Are, are we southerners to you, Gareth? Yeah, probably. I'll pass the Yorkshire Southern to us. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on episode 49. I was saying uh, next, next week we, we will be live as well with Roy, who's going to be joining us for, for part two. If you'd like to listen back to his part one when he came on uh, just a few weeks ago, I'll stick the link for that in the description. And uh, that'll be episode 51 because we're going to do a little special to um, celebrate our, our 50th episode. Some more details on that will be given to you through the week. So sorry about that, Gareth. Let's, uh, let, let's get on and talk to you all about your story. So you lost, it was your little girl Poppy, wasn't it? And it was 18 months ago in October 2021. So as I say to all of the guests, and in as much detail as you would like to give us, and we'll, uh, we'll ask you some questions throughout the story about what happened with you and your family and Poppy, please. Yeah, so it was Friday morning and uh, my wife, I were in back room and I just heard her like scream out in front room. And um, as long as I've known her, she's got an eye pain threshold. So straight away, I'm thinking something's not right here. So I runs into her, I'm like, you all right? Is everything good? She's like, I don't know, I've got bad stomach pains. So I just said, right, let's ring triage up and see what they say. So she rung the triage up and come in to me. I said, oh, they've said no to worry about. It's probably just Braxton Hicks. Take some paracetamol and have a lay down. Hmm. So that round about half 11 Friday uh, morning. Then um, I picked my son up later that day, gone for a walk to the park. And she, my wife, she went right. She's like, summer's not good. You know, I'm going to leave you guys at park and I'm just going to walk around home. Yeah. And then when I come back, she just sat there. And I'm like, are you all right? She's like, no, it just don't feel right. I'm like, right. We'll ring them back, tell them we're going up, you know. The old saying in it, the mother's intuition or the yeah. mother knows best. So, yeah, we went, um, I think it was around half six, seven o'clock, the time we got to the hospital. And then obviously that's when they put the Doppler scans or whatever on her and give you the dreaded line of, I'm really sorry, but there's no heartbeat. That's a line that, um, yeah, that, that's a line that... Um... You mentioned this last week. It, it? it haunts you, doesn't it, Gareth? Really, it's one of those that, like, yeah. You, as we've all, as we've said many times on this show before, you, you don't plan pregnancy for it to finish or end that way. So you're not really prepared for it, are you? Let's face it. No, I mean, because we were waiting quite a while to be seen, and like I say, you do not think that's the 
you know, you're going up to be told that one little bit. Yeah. So, you know, we even sat there saying, oh, watch the little monkey start kicking, you know, yeah. as we see somebody and this and that. And So you said this was at 34 weeks and everything up until that point just been, you know, absolutely fine. There was there was no... Pretty much. I mean, my, my wife, she had um, a low papier level or something like that. But, um, you know, they were monitoring that and everything. Yeah. Um, but like a weight, a growth scans and everything was fine. She had a 32-week scan and that's when they told us she had a single vein artery, uh, umbilical cord. But again, they're like, oh, not to worry about, we're just going to tell you that. But, you know... Is that quite common or...? Uh, bring an higher chance of still burn up, still bear for whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, within 10 days of that, we're in a hospital receiving that news. You know, with the... You said about the... In the umbilical cord. So is that, is that quite a common thing or is that... I can go. I can actually go from our own experience here. When we lost Lily, uh, when we had a post mortem yeah. and it came back, there, were, uh, there was one umbilical vein, one umbilical artery, um, and I, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to delve yeah. a little bit deeper in um, research wise. I'm not a hundred percent certain what it means, yeah. but I think there's supposed to be two of one and one of the other. Right. Or, or something like that, and I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. I know that low PAPA levels um, can be associated with low birth weight, um, and it can be a signal as well that the placenta um, may not be working as well, and there's an increase, a sort of increased chance of like an, a, an early birth. Um, but again, it sounds very much, Gareth, that from what you're saying there, that they didn't seem too um, worried about the fact that her PAPA level was low anyway. No, no. Um, they were like, yeah, they were at, like, say, every scans were going to, she were hitting everything they were expecting. Um, so, yeah, there were no cause for concerns or anything, really. Yeah. Well, not what we were led to believe, you know. Uh, and I think, again, that just shows the, it just shows the fragility of the yeah. whole process, doesn't it? You know, like the, the fact that, as you said, 10 days later, you've gone back. Uh, for another, you know, well, to be told that news and yeah, it's like, I just think, it, I just, it just blows my, every time, yeah. every time we hear something and a, and a story um, and yours is, you know, no different in, in the sense of the loss, it just blows my mind how things just go, you know, and, and change so quick. Suddenly out of nowhere, wasn't it, at, at 34 weeks. Go, uh, Ryan, I want to bring you in. Yeah, um, and I'll thank Amy because she's I was, well, a, I was fountain of, a fountain of knowledge, <laughs> yeah. but also I had actually got a little bit of research up at the same time. <laughs> so, um, the umbilical cord usually contains two arteries and one vein. Um, so the vein carries the oxygenated blood from the placenta to the fetus or to the baby, um, and the arteries carry the deoxygenated blood and waste products from the baby to the placenta, which is then obviously taken away uh, through the, the, the mother's blood and, and so forth um so yeah it's um like i say from from our own experience this is what we had with lily when it came yeah. back on the post-mortem that there was one umbilical artery one umbilical vein but when they did cross sections of it through a post-mortem um that changed a little bit as well so there was there were sorry some areas um that had two some areas that had one so I, but having said that um, from experience, I mean, we were told that it can be quite normal in babies right. that live as well. So okay. it's not necessarily a, a, a reason for um, the death of a baby. Yeah, we, we were led to believe like, oh, it's like a protocol. We've just got to tell you this, but, you know, don't worry. Yeah, know. yeah. How long did you spend in the hospital? In the hospital, And I'm assuming you had to, you know, go back home and then come back for... For the delivery, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, that all came crashing down on a Friday evening. Mm. So then you're going home, um, but we were all prepared at home. Everything set up, cots, you know, the the house, push chairs. So we didn't actually go back to our house that night. We went yeah. to um, Claire's mum and dad's because obviously could yes. not face it. It's the last thing you want to see, isn't um, it? Yeah, yeah, and then. I don't know if I slept, but me and a, a dad got up about 5 a.m. and we come up to our house and 
dismantled everything. And so you, know, you did that, Gareth? Oh, the, the next morning, yeah, literally yeah. the next morning. Fair, yeah, play yeah. You, fair play to you for doing that, because yeah. when we lost Cali, we had Crystal's sister go back and do that for us, because I, I, mm. I don't think I could have. Yeah. I, yeah, because I guess at that point, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's still just a few. Oh, it's just what 12, 12 hours or so after you've after you've heard the news. Can you? And I know it's a difficult question, so you, you don't have to answer it. But can you remember where you when you made the, the decision to go and do that with your dad? Where your where your thought press uh, process and where your mind was in in that I, particular moment? Because it's such an emotional act, uh, extreme. And I don't think I knew where I was. Um, mm. I, I just remember like getting up, sitting up, and just getting dressed. And, you know, I'm like, right, I'm, I'm just going to go up to house, you know, because mm. um, I know, she, you know, that's the last thing she wanted to see. And I just, yeah. I just, we're a bit of me, like, you don't know what to do, what to say. Yeah. So you think, right, I'll, I'll do something at least, you know. Yeah. You're just kind of in autopilot where mm. you're doing something and not really know, knowing that you're doing it. I managed the furniture. I mean, it was tough. I was doing the furniture, but it I couldn't, I couldn't do the, the wardrobe and the closing and stuff like that. That's yeah. where, you know, that was too, too, too painful. Gareth, did you know did you know that you were having um, a little girl? Yeah, because we'd, um, we'd paid for a test around the 13-week mark, you know, okay. to find out oh, certain yeah. uh, conditions and all that lot. Yeah. And, um, that obviously that can tell you the sex as well so yeah from 13 weeks we knew what we were having and like it's due date with the 11th of the 11th remembrance day so oh, well, once yeah. we knew we were a girl the name were picked pretty much there Poppy, and then yeah, so yeah, yeah. oh yeah you know from that day well poppy this poppy that it wasn't a baby you know yeah 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 the phrase baby was already child, part yeah it, you know was already part of the family you mentioned earlier you have a yeah. you have other children was it a son i've got yeah i've got a, a daughter okay a son and then four months ago me and my wife we've got us rainbow twins oh, oh congratulations brilliant do you say twins Congratulations. So what's that what's that? Four months? So how are you sleeping at the moment? And how's uh, is it Claire your wife as well? How how are you getting on with things? Yeah, Claire's my wife. It's it's all right, it's going not too bad. I mean they come two months early, so they spent four oh, well. weeks in uh ICU or yeah. they could. Um, but yeah, they've been they've been home since first week of January. Was um, congratulations on the twins. Was this something that you quickly, you and Claire, quickly decided that you wanted to try again after you lost Poppy, or was it just a case of it happened? And how did you feel when you found out? Yes. Yeah. Well, we, we waited six months, um, but yeah, I mean, from the minute I met Claire, and was, you know, she was always want, wanting to be a mum, and um, I don't know, it was weird, kind of give us some, even it was scary, you know, but. Yeah. It's like if you don't do it now, will you have the guts to do it in a year's time or two years' time? And yeah. Obviously, a woman's got a biological clock, so it's like, yeah. Just let's you know, let's let's go for it if it's meant to be. And well, and and the twins are they uh, boy girl or boy boy girl girl? Um, identical boys. Oh. Okay. So I hope you don't mind me asking you this question. I know it can be quite a tough question as well. Obviously, when you found out that. Poppy was a girl, and you'd refer to, to to the baby as Poppy throughout the whole pregnancy and so forth. Being that male and having almost that immediate bond, I suppose, with with your daughter. Yeah, yeah. How I, I can't think of what the proper question is. Is it the way you mentally prepared because it's gone from a girl to yeah, the boys? Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. how did you find that next pregnancy, and then knowing that? they were boys rather than a girl you're happy with whatever child as long as they're healthy in that but no another girl couldn't replace her no or, absolutely yeah. you don't feel like she's being replaced mm. by another a girl you know if that makes sense yeah the, no. she's got two brothers yeah absolutely and how were your other children following um obviously poppy's poppy's death like my daughter's just turned 16 okay, um, okay. so obviously that age they don't open up much to the lighting mm. phones. Uh, but the, <laughs> the little boy, he was only two at the time, and he, he kind of invested in it. I, re, I remember the Friday, because 
and he went up to Claire's belly and was like, Poppy, come on, wake up, you know. Mm. And he oh, kind of, he knew what were happening and he knew what were coming. And mm. Yeah, so it was tough. So with the boys, we, we kind of kept it to a minimum of people knowing. We just didn't want to put people through it all again if worse were to happen and stuff like that. So. Mm. We, we did that. I'm interested to hear what, what Gareth says on this as well because yeah, I think it was we we'd, we'd shared Cali on social media and friends and once we'd found out she was our first so we're you know buzzing and we want everyone you know you want the world to know right you want you know the fact that you've got you've got a kid on the way but this time Crystal was adamant she, it was it was made to start it was straight away Crystal was like look you can't you know because I I mean, I, bluntly, I share my whole life. Oh, I've seen what you yeah, posted right. up earlier. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which, by the way, I can't say that. I'll not reference it. <laughs> Matt posted, uploaded a picture of himself eating a biscuit earlier, which doesn't sound that exciting. But A, you need to see his face. And and B, it was to celebrate the end of Lent, wasn't That's it? That's right. Because I'd give him biscuits up. For, uh, give him biscuits up for Lent. So a round of applause for Matt. Congratulations. Oh, stop that round of applause. Why yeah. is that? Because he failed. He had a day off halfway through. I'd forgotten about it and I ate a Twix. <laughs> But it's all right. The vicar said, that's fine. You can have a day off. And then we sort of said, well, uh, do you reckon Jesus was allowed a day off when he was pinned to the cross? Yeah. Just want to jump down for a day, have a wash, you'll be all right, then get back up. Come on, Matt. Look, listen. The main thing I want to show is just the picture of Matt eating a biscuit, which, to be honest, I've never seen anyone look as happy in my life as this particular picture of Matt today. So I'll upload that in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. After, after that, a little sidetrack. Sorry, yeah, so, yes. no, any, yeah, so basically, yeah, we, Crystal wanted to keep it away from kind of social media, as you said, and, and, and kind of not telling as many people as we needed to. And, and I think it was part of a protection for us. Yeah. Um, but... I think once you've been through it once, unfortunately, yeah, you, you can't... It, it, we've said before, it takes the naivety away. I was about to come exactly onto that. Yeah, because um, it's something that you've mentioned, isn't it? It takes that naivety. Yeah, yeah and, and, I, and I... So I'm very interested to see... Was that a... Con obviously, was it, it was a conscious decision then, Gareth, to kind of just tell only a certain people, I guess, about this, about this pregnancy after Poppy... But yeah, the, the circle who did get told, you know, very small. And my wife even come off um, social media just, you know, to be away from things. Um, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So the, I think she might have been on it to start with, but once she got past first trimester, she just like come away from it all just to stay away. Doesn't that show how powerful social media is as well? Like oh, how, yeah, how, like, how psychological it can be and you know, and how it can really affect you like every, on a day-to-day -day level and, yeah. without you realising. And this is for well. us now who remember, you know, what it's like pre-social media era. Imagine what it will be like in another generation or two when it's yeah, just, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much every every fibre of everyone's fabric anyway, yeah. daily. Something which Matt and, and Ryan have mentioned before and previous guests, and it's, it's coming back on to when you found out that you, were expect, you guys were expecting, you're having the twins, and you still want to enjoy the pregnancy, but were you able to after what you'd been through a few months earlier? No, not not really, no. And um, obviously, we, we did, we'd been told as twins, it were like... Mm. Yeah, the added, you know... Risks this with is that a, as well. an high-risk pregnancy, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the last thing you want to be told after going through what you've gone through. And, you know, you have a few little mixed... I mean, I had mixed emotions like, well, is it two chances to get one, you know, initially when you're told? But then as the pregnancy's going, you're like... It's got it's too hard. It's all or nothing, you know. You don't you don't want to be walking the way we want to. Act, so mm. yeah. You definitely want you to, and mm. yeah, we're awful. <laughs> when it couldn't have been any worse after what you when yeah. you first found out one. it was twins, and obviously you know you have that you're happy and you're full of joy and you've got them, but there's that just you know in that first instant we're like oh shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> about three years ago, my sister, um, she's kind of a bit spiritualist and that, you know, and she's always said, I've had a vision, you having twin boys, guys. No way. <laughs> it happens, so like, no way. you should have got that on video, you might have been able to yeah. make yourself a bit popular. I bet she's well happy about that Can now. Can she tell me the lottery numbers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously during that pregnancy, like you say, it, it's not, you can't enjoy it because it's anxiety ridden. It's, you, you know, you're riddled with worry. 
and so yeah, forth. We, we even changed hospitals. Really? Okay. Because of all the trauma. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Which, which again, is quite yeah. normal for lots of people because they don't want the reminder of going back into makes a hospital sense, that it? they've been in before and, yeah, and, makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. having the reminders. Um, where did you get your support from during that time? Where were you able to sort of, you know, allow yourself to release how you were feeling or, you know, let off a bit of steam? Was there anything in specific that you focused on at that time? No, not really. I didn't really get much. Um, it wasn't about six months after it all happened. I um, I managed to ache in arms. Um, oh, yeah. Went on a few meetings with them. Yeah, yeah. with who? Sorry. Aching, that, aching, no. aching arms. Okay. I mean, it's like friends, you know, they don't know what to say to you. So, yeah. it's, you know, they'll say, you're all right, but they probably don't want you to say, no, I'm not, and this is why, because they're like, oh... You know, I've only asked if you're all right, but I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's um, true. We've so, mentioned yeah, this. It's not they're opening up Pandora's box. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, Gareth. Yeah, I mean, it's like three days after it happened, me and Claire were walking around the cemetery, you know, just getting ideas of whether we want cremation or burial. Mm. And uh, one of my best mates run, and, you know, Ringer were going for quite a bit. And when I answered, he went, don't you be leaving it ringing that long again? You know, quickly forgetting what we've gone through. And I'm yeah. like, we're just walking out of cemetery. And he's like, oh, you know, shit. I'm so, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah. yeah, it's a weird one for those blokes. It's, well, I'll, I'll come back to that in a second, but I think Ryan's got a question or a comment or a question. Yeah, so you. a question's just actually come up on, um, on the live stream, Gareth. And the question, it's from Jack Taylor. We had Jack on a few weeks ago and he's been on a couple of times. Hey, and He's asked, when people who don't know you ask how many children you have, what do you say? And do you find people don't know what to say if you... Well, actually, I suppose that's, that second part is, is leading on to potentially what your answer would be. So I suppose the first question is, what, you know, what do you say when people say how many children do you have? Yeah, um, I said five, but I know what you mean. Sometimes, if, say, if you read the four, you said five. They'll be like, well, where's, you know what I mean? So these, it's like Claire, when we were going to, you know, scans and stuff, oh, is this your first? And, mm. she, you know, she'd always look to me, it's like, what do I say? And it's like, no, it's not. You don't need to tell them why, you know, or what's happened, but just, it's not your first. You are a mum already. So, um, but I remember being asked by um, a, a friend, and he's like, oh, how's your family? And, you know, I'm like, well, apart from missing one, yeah, I suppose we're all right. Yeah, but you've still got two, haven't you? Oh, right. There we go. <laughs> There's the... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> What's your response to that, Gareth, just out of interest? Is it... Do you... It's such a weird thing for someone... To... I can't get my head around why someone would think that was all right to say. I don't get it. But I think people say oh. things like that because they... they so just natural... We've said, we've said people don't like being put into a position or, where, they, yeah. where yeah. they feel awkward. Is it to fill the silence? And it, it probably yeah. is to yeah, fill yeah. the silence. I yeah. always remember when I was teaching and when you first started teaching, I had a teacher do an okay tally on me in a, in a lesson, right? Because What's every, an okay tally? Right, so every time I'd, I'd um, explain something to the kids, first thing I'd say after is okay, okay? And I was saying okay all the time because what I was trying to do was try and, you know, like, fill the silence right and they said to me and they did this okay tally and i couldn't tell you how many times it was but then every single lesson after that i specifically made sure that i didn't say okay and all of a sudden then you had kids starting to ask you questions in in that space that you had said you're, okay you're inviting them oh, you're see. inviting them so you're leaving it open yeah okay. and, and think, ultimately yeah. i think that is why people That's say good. the or at least you've got two, or at least you've got so-and-so, or at least you... I mean, we've heard the ones, at least you can get pregnant, or at least, you know. Mm. And I think people just genuinely say it because they don't want the awkward silence yeah. of not knowing what to say. How do you respond to that, though, Gareth? The F word was, you know, well, <laughs> yeah. I should have F-in-free, yeah. not it soon, feel, you know. feel, uh, show, feel free, if you want yeah, to say yeah, the word, yeah. you can do, it's fine. <laughs> but it is, it's true though, isn't um, it? it but is. Yeah, I think, I suppose they, they yeah. think they're probably replying with a positive, well, you, you have got to, you yeah. know, with, like say we aren't properly thinking what they have just said, but yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's coming from a good place, well, isn't it? That's why they're your friends in the first place. It's just knowing the right way and how and when. I've said to people in the past, 
when I, I'll, I'll never forget there was a teacher who said to me, oh, well, at least you've, at least you've still got Alfie. Yeah. And I knew they'd got kids. And I just went, okay, so which one will you fucking yeah. give up then? Yeah, you've, you've said as that a lot. As yeah. if to yeah, say, yeah, you know, yeah. like, yeah. okay, I've, I've got Alfie, great. But that doesn't mean that, yeah. I've, you know... When Gareth mentioned that, It's I not remember. like an episode of Bullseye where here's <laughs> what you could have won. Yeah. Do you know what? Because it's not like that, but the way people do talk to you sometimes is like, I'll, I'll never forget but I've known he said I've, it I've known you like, a, yeah I've you, known you a long time and Ryan has Ryan's always said that response and that's always yeah. it's always hit me when you said that the first time and I thought you know what it's a brilliant point it is you've mentioned it on it's this show when Gareth point. mentioned that that was the the, the reference point I was trying to first go back to it into my head because you mentioned this way back in the early days yeah yeah which one would you which one would you give up? Yeah. Sort of, I don't know what sort of question that is. But, but again, where, where has that come from? How did that person feel when they said it? It's like, oh shit, hang on. That's a bit stupid of me. It, uh, listen, I'm not going to, I'm not throwing people out. No. I'm not throwing people under the it's bus. It's a conversation, like isn't that. it? That's, it's a that's conversation. what we're here for. And I'm not going to throw people under the bus that, that I know and that are close to me and so forth. But I've had people that are close to me say, say it. Mm. And again, I've used exactly the same response yeah. and haven't been able to get an answer. Mm. Because ultimately, there is no answer yeah, yeah. Well, you're to right. it. Yeah, you're right. and, and it is. It does then put them back. You're throwing the ball straight back into the, their half mm. of the court to, uh, and saying to yourself, and sorry, and saying to them in, in, a, in, a, in a different sort of ways, engage before you open your mouth yeah. Yeah. sort of thing. And that's why, we're doing, that's why we do what we do, because it's education. 100%. Has your loss... Has it changed the dynamics of any of your friendships just in terms of how they, you know, helped you to deal with things or just being there for you or, or you know, trying to offer support or help or maybe even shying away? I remember I spoke to, like, a couple of my mates, you know, over a pint and, and, was, and the, you know, they said, look, just don't know how to approach you with it, you know, or just start with or And we haven't got the words back. I mean, one of my mates, he was like, it's, it's hard for us to understand what you're going through, because we never met Poppy. We were yet to meet at all. We weren't invested in the journey because it wasn't our yeah, journey. absolutely. And, which I was like, yeah, I get where you're coming from. It's like, because we've never seen her or knew her in this. It's hard for us to under really understand what you're feeling going through or how we said the right thing to you. All so, like, my mate bought the twins... So I'm like, what's up? You dipping your hand in pocket? It's like, <laughs> obviously, the more we spoke, and how you know, I've seen how much pop is affected you, and that this is my way to just say, look, mate, I'm here, you know. Okay. Um, I don't know what to say, but I am here, sort of thing. And actually, like and, and and I think, would you? I think most blokes who have lost a, a baby appreciate that saying more than somebody trying to say something for the sake of saying it. Because it's real, isn't it? Which is. I don't know what to say, but I'm here. Mm. It's simple as that. It's so genuine. I'm though, here for a. It? If you want to go for a beer, we'll yeah. go for a beer. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. I, I don't have the answers. I don't. But I'm I'm there, I'm there well, as a sounding board for you. Ultimately, you should know that way. It's your friend, so you know the dynamics of your relationship and the best way to get a response from somebody, which would be different, maybe between myself and you, Ryan, as it would yep. be to between myself and Matt. And yep. and the, the point of being the friend in the first place is ultimately, really, with someone close, they should be able to read. But you know, just have that emotional intelligence to know. Yeah. There's, there's always that, odd, that that one which Matt mentioned about your, your mate. What was his name? Nobber. Not sorry. Clubber. Clubber. Sudders. Sudders. <laughs> the footballer. Completely. Completely I'm, I'm out gonna, the ballpark. I'm going to message him and say, "Evening, Clubber." <laughs> Nobber. Nobber. Clubber. And it was uh, a mate, wasn't it? Yeah, from, yeah. From, from the footballer who yeah. just came out, and him and Matt. Sorry, I didn't mean, don't know where that came from. They weren't particularly. They were, they were more acquaintances, I guess. He messaged me in the yeah. hospital. Yeah, when and we were there and said, "I'm gonna, I'm, when you get out of hospital, I'm gonna come and pick you up and take you for breakfast." And and yeah, and I like that story because it came, it, it took you by surprise, um, it? unbelievably so. Yeah. Like I said, he, he, you know, he was a, he was a, a lad who played football for me, and and you know, I knew him at football. Of course, I got to know him outside football, yeah, but not yeah. as not as but close on, as other on that friends. Level, that's what I mean. The yeah. levels of it, and 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 to be honest, talking about like emotional intelligence and things like that, this is why, this is why ultimately. Um, you know, my best mate, Rob, is my best mate. Yeah, yeah. Because he he's never tried to fix things. He's never tried to pretend that he knows what to do. Mm. He's never tried to force himself to say the right things, but he just know he just knows and and, yeah. and he gets it. And that's what he wants. And 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 you know, I mean, 
bear in mind he was up the hospital in half an hour of us losing Cali, so he he dove right in, yeah, yeah. right, and 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 fair play to him for doing that. But like I said, even now when I have my off days, he it's funny because he'll ask me the first question he'll ask me is, "Have you been for a have run?" You been for a run, like yeah. I said before. Yeah. So he he just knows, but like I said, he doesn't say a lot. Yeah, but that's fine. I don't need him to say a lot. I just need, as Ryan said, it's just that whole. If you need to go for a beer, I'm I'm here whenever you need it. But that, they're the people that when they do speak, that you listen. Absolutely, they know they've got some important. Oh, to say. he's like he's my safety blanket because he's he's he's, he's he's always like, yeah. He, well, he's just said when I've done stupid things in the past, he just turned around and said, "Well, you're a dickhead. Get on with your life." Like basically, so you know. But it, yeah, it was true. You but, need that. You know, yeah, like you, you need know, that. Especially everything will be mates. fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a workmate. I, I don't think I'd, I'd seen him in about three, four years. And the minute he found out, got in touch. He said, "Right, we're going to go for a pint and a game of snooker." Yeah. And like you say, you don't have to talk too much about the situation, but just no. you know, it just exactly. pulls you away from thinking about whatever yeah. you may be thinking. You know. And, and once you're in that environment with someone that you know, and you know you've got that friendship, you've got that history together, and you have that. We've said we've mentioned this before. You need to be in that environment and have those sort of background conversations, which are then conducive to you being in a place where, if you want to, then open up about it a little bit more, you can do because you just you're in that moment to be able to do so. I know it might sound like a daft question, but this is to like or everyone here, I suppose. Go on. Do we do we think that women find that easier? As far as what, talking, like as in as in like kind of saying emotionally, like I'm, I'm here. I'm. Do we do we, do men struggle more? Like, do we think that's the case? I think stereotypically, it, it, the answer would probably be yes. But I guess I mean it's all down to each individual. No, I get. It, yeah. I guess it will vary from person to person. I, I think, just, I think yeah. women are more. Women are more probably like willing to try and pull whatever is mm. bothering a person out of them. Where it would say, I think, all right, yeah, all right, I've asked it. Let's move mm. on. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we might kind of put it off. Uh, mm. and, and also, I mean, like yeah. they'll have a they'll have a hug, right? Or that you know, yeah. like they'll go for a coffee, or that you know, and what have you. And I think, and I, I can't remember if I've said this before as well. And, and, and going back to what Gareth said there about his workmate who said, mm. you know, we'll go for a pint, we'll go for a game of snooker. I think there's comfort in being around people yeah, yeah. because ultimately, even though I was broken yeah. and even though, um, you know, Amy was broken, our family was just torn to pieces because of, uh, because of what had happened. There was comfort about being around people. Familiarity. Familiarity of the people that you were around, those that you trust, those that you love, yeah. those that love yeah. you as well. And I think I've also said it when yeah. we were in the hospital. It was the comfort of being around those medical professionals and just the comfort about being there. Well, you and said it, it made you feel like a child again, being I was, in that environment. Yeah, I was, I was actually frightened of going home. I remember you saying yeah. that. And, and we yeah. never went home. We'd, we'd brought a house, oh, I think it was about two or three months prior. Mm. And we'd brought that house specifically because we knew that mm. we were having another baby. And I tell you now, if that house had burnt down, I wouldn't have given a toss because yeah. I didn't want to go back to that house. Yeah. And we went back to Amy's mum and dad's house and stayed there for two or three weeks. And it was the comfort of being around Ooh. people yeah. and the familiarity of, of those people that you were around at yeah. that time. Makes sense. Absolute sense. Gareth, have you had that as far as after the loss? Did you did you find that people got around you a little bit to start with and then it all kind of disappeared as not disappeared but like it, people pulled away almost they because, feel like they've they've played their part in letting you know that they're there and yeah. then it sort of fades away again yeah and it's going yeah. back to people not knowing what to say isn't it yeah I mean close family were there um, like I think I don't I can't remember properly but it might have been a case of us saying look we're alright you don't need to come you know certain days where you're like we're alright you know, yeah. you don't need to visit or whatever. But then I think, like with most of my friends, it were, oh, they've gone, they're having this loss and everything. I'll leave them to it rather than, like I said, just say something normal to take you away from it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Such an important thing to remember that, isn't it? I think it's just still say, some, say something normal. Such a simple thing to put out there, yeah. but it's absolutely true, isn't it? Yeah, because I think people do. And listen, I'm guilty of this as well, where I've had. Um, friends who have had losses, maybe not baby loss, but loss, you know, yeah. other loss and, and they're so in grief. forth. Yeah. And, they're, and they're going through their grief process. And you've, you do automatically forget that actually their whole time isn't going to be consumed by that grief. Yeah. You know, Amy quite often speaks to her clients and, and 
and, and pretty much say, think of a time where you're, you know, where, where you're having a really good time, you're really happy. It doesn't last forever. Yeah. You know, you come out of it eventually mm. and it might be, you know, half an hour, it might be an hour, but then you, you'll come back to it to that happy place again and it's exactly the same with grief everything's transient isn't it all it the is time. transient absolutely all the time and, and it happened and it happens with grief as well is that yeah, yeah okay you're going to hit rock bottom at times but you're not going to stay there you know you are going to come out of it and then you'll go back down to it again and and it's not a constant 24 7 it's because yeah. it, it's not it's whilst it's an exhausting process sorry it's not a process that will last for 24 7 and I think that's then where friends, family and stuff forget that actually that person, even though they are grieving mm-hmm. and they're in it 24-7, they're not feeling that horrific pain 24-7. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually saying those normal things or doing those normal things at the same time. you need time, that bit of that normality back in You need that little life. bit of normality. I think that's, um, that's really well said. With that, with that in mind, Gareth, how, how was that for you and, and Claire in terms of your relationship? And I remember I asked this to Crystal, which is Matt's um, wife, when she came in on episode 44, join us in the show. Because obviously your relationship takes a hit. You've got all this you've got the grief process going on, which is still going on. But I've always I've started asking this to the guests. Can you remember the first time that you and Claire laughed after your loss? Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I look back now and I remember we both... It was only a, a couple of days after him. We both had a really good cry yeah. and fell to sleep on the sofa together. And that felt just as good after, yeah. in a yeah. way as laughing. We went through all that, but it actually brought us closer because we, we we pulled his wedding forward and you know okay. we sort of look forward to it. Yeah, so we got we lost Poppy in the October and we, we ended up getting married in January. Okay. Oh, wow, so that was really quite soon. And how when was it originally planned? Yeah. How much how much did you bring it forward? It was by? planned for the May, but it was going to be oh, this, wow. you know a biggish wedding church, but because. Poppy won't gonna be there. It was like, yeah. can't have it. Don't want it. You know. How? Um, had you already had your stag night by then? And what's it like? How was it like no, having a stag no. night when you're going through grief? That's a different sort. I just, I just went go karting, um, yeah. and then just to a couple of pubs. But I did. I got really emotional. Yeah. And cried on a couple of them, and I remember speaking to Whitlads a few weeks afterwards, and he was like. Oh yeah, I saw you getting emotional and a few of them giving you cuddles or like sob that I'm staying away, you know. So you had two sides of me, you've got those who want to cuddle you and not let you go and they'll probably make you more emotional. And you've got him who's like, yeah, I'll leave them be, sort yeah. of thing. But I think what's interesting, really interesting. I think what's really nice there as well, uh, Gareth, what you said there where you you'd both sat on the sofa and fallen asleep, yeah. having a cry and what have you. It's it's nice to sort of. Sounding very in, cozy. I wanted to hug you two just then and fall asleep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, throwing <laughs> me off the track now. I Dan. think I think first time we probably laughed together was December. We'd gone to Blackpool that night for Claire's birthday. Okay. And I think that was a laugh where you didn't think you know feel like you were faking it or just yes. put it on for people you're around or anything like that. I think that. And then it's how you think. I feel guilty for them yeah. being like this a little bit, you know. But I think what's nice about, yeah. and I'll go back now to what you were saying about having that cuddle and falling asleep on the sofa, is you've both al- you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable together, and and I think that's where a lot of people are scared to allow themselves to be vulnerable and allow themselves yeah. to, to to show outward emotion. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, you know, I'll hold my hands up. I'm guilty of that. It took me a good. 12, 14 months before I, it really, really smashed me like a, a ton th- of bricks. Yeah, I think what's yeah. what's hard is like if you see your, what your partner or your wife having a day where they're not emotional and, you know, you you are, you're like, I cannot show this one bit. I don't want to yeah. bring her down to my level. She looks like she's doing okay today. Yeah, we've yeah. heard that So before. you do like hold yeah. it or bottle it up and, you know. Yeah. You don't, so, I mean, want, you don't want to feel like you're bringing them backwards. You know? it's, it's those dated stereotypes, isn't it? Exactly what yeah. we spoke about. One of the reasons why we're doing this show is because I mean, one of our first ever guests, I think it was really back in the early days when we were on Zoom, it was Gary Anderson. He was the Geordie guy. I'll put the link in mm. the description. Yeah. And he was he 
he spent a lot of the episode talking about exactly that because the way he'd been raised, it was very old school. I mean, he's, I think he's in his, like, his late 50s mm. and he used to work with security, you know, and he did uh, did some marine work, didn't he? He went to uh, Libya and was did, working on the doors. So he had this mentality of, you're not allowed to show, you know, the whole, don't show any weakness, man up. Mm. And that really affected him and he really struggled with it. And, that's, and, and just having those conversations and he's gone on and released books, isn't he? Daddy and the Two Bears and all of these things since. I think what... <laughs> The amount of guests that we've obviously spoken mm. to <clears throat> on on this podcast. There's themes, isn't there? There's so, yeah, there's so many parallels mm. in regard to how people grieve and how people perceive grief to be. And like Gareth's just said there about, you know, one day his wife's having a good day and he doesn't want to bring her down. And we've all been there. We've all felt that. We've all yeah. um, seen that and we've all done that. Yeah. And... It just goes to show, doesn't it, how complicated it is, really. You know. I think one of my hardest days was yeah. bonfire night. Fireworks. It, that come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I got it gardened and just see fireworks. Yeah. And then it just hit me like, you know, cause yeah. children leave a love them or hate them, don't they? And yeah. Like, it was like I felt a squeeze my hand, but she'd not. And I'm thinking, but, and she's never going to squeeze my hand. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, never going to be able to say, don't worry, these daddy's got you safe. Yeah. Not to worry about these fire. And it hit me like a, oh, well, yeah. like a brick wall, you know. And I, I remember going into Claire because she was inside and she was like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah. And yeah, so that was like four or five weeks after before mm. I probably, that was probably my first like meltdown of it all and everything. Mm. I remember one of mine, we were we were at Amy's mum and dad's house. Amy was in the kitchen, I was in the living room and something came on TV, which was a, there was a wedding and it immediately hit me, I'm never going to get to walk her down the aisle. Yeah. And and it just, it, yeah, hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remember walking into Amy in the kitchen and just bursting into tears, never going to be able to walk her down the aisle. And that's why then... Well, when it just it, hit you from nowhere, will not it? just hit me yeah. from nowhere. And that's why then, when it when it yeah. came down to a funeral, it was important for me to carry her in because yeah. that was my yeah, opportunity yeah. to be able yeah, to yeah. walk her down the aisle, albeit that it wasn't in the a, way that it was supposed to be. It's a parallel to it a degree. It was a parallel to a degree of what I what yeah. I wanted to do, and I'd always wanted a daughter, yeah. and that was my my way of being able to to sort of you know show her off, if you like, to everybody who yeah. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. In terms of work and, and time off and, and going back to work, how did that all how did that all play out with uh, with the loss? Uh, I think I might have had five weeks off, but I was a bit, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but I was a bit aggrieved because I had to point them in the direction that I am entitled to two weeks return, you know, paternity leave. Yeah. And they, oh, well, do you want to retract your sick note? Well, no, you know, I'm going to use this sick note and I'll use my paternity, after, you know. Was it all um, very business-like or did they give you that, you know, obviously different companies, did, was there was that, that, that empathy from the managers? Yeah, I mean, my managers, they were really, really good, um, good. you know. But it was just that little bit where it's like, I'm having to do your job sort of thing yeah. when this is the last thing I want to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, but again... First things that you know, how's your wife? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> your very wife? rare. Way, you know, so you're constantly describing how you and it wanted to like I've gone to a family function and what there were two brothers on my wife's family, and like you said, once oh, I was Claire, and brother just went, more importantly, how are you? You know, and that were like, wow, yeah, that's what I needed. Yeah, you know, we've mentioned this somewhere, starting like that. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I think that's another that's another point yeah. as far as kind of you know why why we're doing trying doing what we're doing because it of course people go straight for the partner for the wife because they've carried because they've you know the, uh, emotionally they are completely broken but and and as Ryan has always said from the start the men are the fixers protectors they put this kind of bravado on that they are a show of like you know. Um, yeah. sol solidarity within yeah. the, within the partnership. Yeah, exactly. And 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 it looks like they're not feeling it, but you know, obviously, as we all know, it's 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 the worst thing you can be feeling. So you need that you need that someone just to say you're all right. And it just like like Gareth just said, then it just takes that one person, wasn't it? And yeah, 
Uh, exactly, yeah. and yeah, it, it, it's you know. So, um, and I think it's I think it's a moving thing as well as you go through the loss. I think people start to realise that actually it's affecting you as well. So I think I found I don't know what you like, but I found there was more questions came to me as the loss went on about how I was feeling. The focus on you. Right, yeah, right. the focus. So the more time... Yeah, went, as we went through, okay. the, the focus shifted a bit more right. towards me. Obviously, Krista was still yeah, right. Yeah. But maybe that's because I was, I've was. i always been so open about the loss. Okay. So I... Did you have that, Ryan? Did you, was it some, can, can you relate yeah. to that? Or was that just a um, particular makeup of that? I think that dynamic? was probably... Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I experienced that. When I went back to work, it was almost like, a, right, you're back at work now. Yeah. sort of get on with it get on with it you know that, <laughs> that part of your life and I, I suppose that's the just the reality of teaching but um, no I, I, I wouldn't say mm. things flipped massively to be honest if anything yeah. it probably went the same way as work where I felt very much that everyone was going back to their normal life which is what you would expect people to do anyway um, and I, I, I felt sometimes quite isolated and quite forgotten, not just me as an individual, but I sometimes felt that both myself and Amy were potentially forgotten about on certain dates, certain yeah, times, yeah, yeah. things like that. And I've said before, yeah. I lost a lot of friends yeah. or acquaintances, as I, as I call as them. Result. And that's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lamblast them for that. It, that's just the, the the sort of journey that we went on, and, and we no longer associate as much as as, as we ever did yeah. but I think the ones that I do still associate with and that I am still very friendly with are the ones that were there right at the very beginning and mm. have always remembered yeah. birthdays difficult times of the year you know Mother's Day Father's Days things like that it's interesting Gareth said there mm. about bonfire night that was always one for me as well watching the fireworks and because it's something you do with your kids, isn't yeah, it? That's something what it you is, do yeah. with the kids. And, and I haven't done it. I haven't done it since I was a kid until I had yeah, my own. Yeah, I've been and bought a box of fireworks, and it was at that moment I went, "How fucking much?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, I think that, like, like Gareth said there as well, is that I always remember Alfie when he was very young, yeah. didn't like them, and you'd you'd be comforting him. And and I think yeah, when right. when you think about yeah. it, you probably thought actually yeah, I'm not I'm not going to do that yeah. with with Lily and. Yeah. Thankfully, you know we've we've been fortunate to go on and have other children, and and have been able to to move up, move forward with our lives. But obviously, with a with a, a heart shaped hole, yeah, in there, yeah, exactly right. Well, Gareth, thank you so much for for joining us tonight. Before we go, just out of you know, a final question: Has it changed you at all as a person? And I know it's quite an open-ended question, isn't it? But because we're always always evolving. But was there a particular? Is there something? And let me rephrase this. Matt always says that after the loss of Kelly and Nathan Ellis as well, just certain things in life you just didn't care about anymore. All the little things you just weren't fussed about anymore because the bigger picture was out there. Is there any anything like that that you you've noticed about yourself? I really don't care what anyone thinks of me anymore. You know, like with what you say or what you post. You know, it's and did like- you before? Oh, you'd always think, oh, is this going to, you know, offend okay. someone or... Yeah, you just, it really makes you realise what's important. I think, like yeah. you say, you kind of look at your your friends and or what, who are associates, your circle does become smaller or you want your circle to be that bit smaller yeah. and just be those what count. But, and <laughs> I think I'm... I'm more worried about everyone else's pregnancies since than they are their yeah. own. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think that... You're just like, what? You know, you were saying there yeah. about how your circle becomes that little bit smaller. Do you think that's through choice and through your own decision because you notice and you are aware of those that were close to you when you needed them the most? Yeah, or you just... You, you don't... You know, you don't feel no more that... Oh, I best get in touch with them because I am in mm. six, twelve months, you know. Yeah. I need to, it's hard to describe really, but you just don't think, I'm not going to go out of my way yeah. for someone who's not going to go out of their way sort of thing. No, it's but, true, isn't it? I think as you get older, I'm not sure if this is a guy thing, but I think your your social circle shrinks anyway yeah. as, you, as, as you're getting older. And like what you've just said then, we've there's relationships that you suddenly go, hang on, if it wasn't for me always being the one who keeps in touch with yeah. you, yeah. we wouldn't have spoken for years anyway. Yeah. 
you know the people you can phone up yeah. in periods of mm. tough places yeah, yeah. and you know how they're going to react. Yeah. And those are the ones you need. Yeah, like, like 100%. someone reached out and I wouldn't expect because it's like, well, I, I haven't said hello to you or, you know, reached out to you, but for them to do it, you think, well, yeah, they're there. They are there even though mm. you're not as talkative as you used to be or whatever. No, I, I completely agree yeah. with you, Gareth. I mean, not my best mate, I know I could... I, I, we can go weeks without talking, but then we'll talk, and it's like, it, it, you know, I know that I can pick the phone up to him at any point, and he knows vice versa to me. It's funny. With, yeah, it's true. It's, you just know, don't you? Yeah. It's funny with Rob because we only WhatsApp each other. If I ever phone him, <laughs> he freaks out. He genuinely, he like, he answers <laughs> the phone like, "Why are you phoning? Him? Like, what, what's wrong?" Literally, that's <laughs> the first thing he says. What's wrong? Like, I'm all good, man. No, like, <laughs> it's, it's a good point you make because I was in, I was in Liverpool last week. I was, I went up to the studios where the radio station is, and I saw my a guy when I used to live in in Dubai, my old flatmate, a guy called Chris. Big ups, Chris. I haven't seen him for 21 years. I didn't, re- in person, I, I didn't realise it had been 21 years. Because when he walked in, he came in to say hello, passed by the studios, get him a hug, and we just sort of carried, sat down like we are right now. And he went, you realise it's been 21 years? Because we speak to each other, WhatsApp, FaceTime occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, get physically being in the same room over two decades. Mm. And when he told me that, it kind of blew my mind a bit because it felt as if I'd seen him that morning. Mm. And that's when you know that's, that's, that's your mate. That's, yeah, yeah, that's your mucker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Although I wish definitely. he'd stop sending me shit memes at two in the morning. <laughs> S- says the man who sends voice notes at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mid- midnight's not 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep it coming, Dan. I love him. <laughs> told you. On that note, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for, for joining us on the show. And we'd love to, if you would ever like to come in and, and join us in person or come back onto the show again. Like we all say, it doesn't have to be with the whole show. You can just drop in for five minutes, come say hello. Um, we're, we're always here for you, mate. And uh, thank you so much for, for joining us on episode 49 of the Still Parents podcast tonight. Thank you very much, Gareth. No worries. Thanks, lads. Thanks, Gareth. Cheers, mate. And on that note, uh, say goodbye to everybody if you'd like to get in touch you can do through the website stillparentspodcast.co.uk our Instagram stillparentspodcast and uh, through our Facebook channels as well you will uh, get some uh, feedback from us and some answers to any of your questions and we'll see you next week we've got a busy we've got a busy couple of weeks coming up actually we've got this episode I'm going to stick out and then we've got um, Roy Presswitch part 2 which we weren't planning on being a two-parter but his story went into so much detail it was amazing to listen to yep yeah and mm. just a small matter of our epi- uh, episode 50, which is not, we're not going to do that one live. We're going to record that one and, and put it out there. And I just want to, um, I've got some old clips ready from over the last couple of years. I just want to see if these two can remember any of the things that they said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That's the reaction right there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll get on that. Any, any, final, any final thoughts or words from you two? No, just, who's going to win the Masters? I'm going. I'm gonna go with what Dan said. I think Ram's gonna pull it out. Mm. Yeah, the bag. Yeah. I'll By think, the way, don't Ram's listen good. to me. That's rubbish advice. Nobody's. But, yeah. Dan went Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even a golf fan. I've just. I've just heard some dude on Talksport on the way over earlier saying because he's Spanish, isn't he? And it's Sebi Ballesteros. Is, it would have been 66 today. You're right. So it's just one of those in the air things. No, I. I yeah, because I. Th- I feel sometimes Kopka bottles it under pressure. I feel like he's going to, because he's top, he's obviously leading at the minute, so I feel like he's going to bottle it. And Rams, Rams, pretty cold, yeah. cold bloody on it, yeah. And Sandy Lyle getting on, is he still playing? <laughs> <laughs> no, take that as a no then. <laughs> All right. Faldo's having a good round. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs>